The view, stunning. The landscape, foreboding. Your drive through the Peak District is certainly impressive. But you're not here to admire the countryside. You're here to visit an important institution. When the last little village fades from view, you turn up a dirt track. Half a mile of bumpy road before you reach the metal gates. As they start to creak open, you read the sign ahead. Welcome to the Northwest Footwear Database. Please remove your socks and shoes. As you enter reception, you wipe your bare feet seven times. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No harm in being thorough, and you're starting to enjoy the sensation. You bid Jen good morning, but Jen doesn't reply. Jen doesn't seem to be all there today. She's staring into the distance, swaying slightly. Upon your recommendation, she was banned from watching that strange video in the workplace. From the sweat on her brow and the increased regularity of nosebleeds, you suspect Jen is suffering from withdrawal. You leave her be. No sign of Tony today. You'll make your own way inside. You pass through the archive hall. You spot the temps on stilts and stepladders. One of them is even balanced on the back of a chair. Today they sort the test shoes by velocity. You're reminded of an old Northwestern nursery rhyme. Find a shoe, pick it up, drop it when it gets too hot. Certain shoes can be impressive heat sources. One pair of kinetic boots powers the hot water here. Through to the officers. You see a new face today. Jamil begins work this week as new police liaison. You studied his application. Jamil used to train sniffer dogs for the police force, but he found himself getting too attached. The NWFD is happy to give him a fresh start. People often come to this facility in search of reinvention. You can tell that Jamil is already growing out his hair. In his interview transcript, the former police officer talked of his desire to modernise the database. He's asked to assist with the digitisation. You like his positive attitude. You hope it lasts. Gareth the accountant scurries over to you. You've never seen him so happy. He's overjoyed by the tea selection you ordered last week. Everybody is. You ask him which is his favourite. Calming seaweed, he tells you. He even took a bag of it home to his husband, and they had a very pleasant beverage together. You are pleased you are improving morale. A cup of tea can go a long way. Bex has baked cinnamon buns for this morning. 
Her international masters pay her in spices. You take one as you venture towards Soya's office. You bite into the bun. The coating is gooey, viscous, delicious. It's clinging to your fingers. You want to cling back. You pause in the corridor, grasping in the air, before you realize you need to stop. Zoya, second in command of the NWFD, stands as you enter. She apologizes for last week's confrontation in the car park. She's been stressed about security of late due to increased sightings of hikers. You know very little about the hikers. When you first read the security reports, you assumed they referred to ordinary ramblers. But then you learned they come at night and drink the blood of animals. That is not typical rambling. Zoya's forgotten to clear her desk today. You observe she's studying a 14th century illumination of Saint Solace of the Uncanny. This confirms your earlier suspicions. Saint Solace of the Uncanny was the first scholar to write about the legendary printless shoe. Zoya must be on a foolhardy quest of discovery. You'll keep an eye on developments. You finish the last of your sticky bun. Cinnamon, 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 cinnamon. You're scheduled to witness a visualization today, but first you need a medical checkup. Visualizations are not for the faint of heart. They're known to produce physical side effects, including the weakening of ankles and the green tinging of hair. You're escorted to the medical wing by a smiling temp. They're just happy to be out of their cupboard. Dr. Travers is hanging up x-rays of feet as you enter the consultation room. Dr. Travers revels in their androgyny and wears a long white coat to glide around the room like a ghost. Suitably enough, there's a skeleton that stands by one of the bookshelves. It stares at you with its empty eyes as Dr. Travers takes your blood pressure. This is the perfect time to ask the doctor some questions about the staff. Is everyone at the facility fully vaccinated? Are their records up to date? Where is the quarantined footwear kept? Have there been any breaches of containment? After a few minutes of questioning, you ask to see an example of a hermetic shoebox. You know they are kept in storage. Dr. Travers invites you to accompany them to the stockroom, but you tell them you'll wait in here. When the coast is clear, you seize your opportunity. You begin to rifle through a filing cabinet. You flick through the medical records of current and former NWFD staff members. You're looking for the file of Benjamin Clandestine. There is a mystery surrounding this man. You know he used to work here. A medical file could give you some answers. But it's not here. You curse and search again. Perhaps someone has suppressed it. You must look elsewhere for information. You close the drawer. Just as Travers returns, you get a surge of adrenaline as you try to act innocent. You study the shoebox they brought. Yes, that's satisfactory. Thank you. You swiftly depart.
onto the conference room. It's time for the visualization. The ocular assessors help you prepare for the procedure. Your hazmat suit smells fragrant. You're reminded of a hillside in springtime. There is only a small team of assessors present for this visualization. It's a simple footprint from a burglary in Stockport. You check your eye protection. Your goggles are foggy with anticipation. The room is locked. The assessors raise their hands. They begin to point and click. Point and click. Point and click. And then they chant in binary. You wake up. The visualization is complete. You don't remember most of it. This is common for first-timers. You're told that the shoe has been identified as a size 7 trainer. Jamil will notify the police shortly. There was no sign of any resistance from the print. The images have been uploaded to the database without a hitch. Perhaps Bex's issues with the digitization have abated. You catch your reflection in the conference room's windows. There is no green tinge to your hair, and your ankles feel strong. You are safe. For now. You're returning along the corridors when you spot something odd in the floor. It's a trapdoor. And it's red. You back away instinctively. The red reminds you of something, something you can't quite focus on. Suddenly, the door swings open. And from its haunting depths... The trapdoor snaps shut. You take another step back and you bump into Tony. You didn't think he was in work today. He looks awful. He stares at you agog. Do you see the red too? He asks. So many nights I lie awake in my depressive state, turning these songs over in my mind. It's this place. It's under my skin. 
I can't help but let it in. You want to support Tony. You want him to know he's not alone, but you can't admit there's a trapdoor there. It's just not possible. You partook in your first visualization today. It's messed with your perception. The pair of you see nothing, hear nothing. Don't look at it. Don't listen. You tell Tony to go home and get some sleep. But he shakes his head. Best foot forward, he mumbles. And he opens the trap door and climbs inside. You won't watch his descent. You hear the trap shut behind you as you burst into a sprint. Don't worry, by the time you're out the corridor, you'll have forgotten all about it. Back in reception. You try to attract Jen's attention to say goodbye, but she's well and truly out of it now. As soon as you start to speak, Jen slumps against the desk and drools on her clipboard. You can't leave her like this. You put a call through to the medical wing. You inform them of the receptionist's condition. You wait with Jen as help arrives. Her toes are twitching and she's kicked off her purple loafers. There's an insole in her left shoe. And there's a four-digit number scrawled on it. This isn't a shoe size, it's far too large for that. You suspect that this is the pin to the Foxsmith video. You take the shoe insole and pocket it. You don't want this falling into the wrong hands. Dr. Travers swans into the room and their medical team scoop up the receptionist. Jen is placed on a stretcher and efficiently whisked away. You wonder if you should leave them to it and quietly exit, but Dr. Travers takes you to one side. They're not interested in Jen. They're interested in the cinnamon fingerprints they found on their filing cabinet. You've been caught out. You blush a deep crimson. Damn those cinnamon buns. There's nothing for it but to confront Dr. Travers. As the auditor, you have access to all the information and you don't appreciate it when that information is missing. You tell Dr. Travers that one of the staff folders in the filing cabinet is absent. It belonged to a Benjamin clandestine. The doctor frowns when you say this name. They've never heard it before. Travers walks over to the reception computer and loads up a list of staff. They scroll through the facility's worker profiles for the last 30 years. There is no Benjamin clandestine on record. You return to your car, deep in thought. Dr. Travers didn't tell you anything you didn't already know. You reviewed the NWFD staff list when you were first assigned here, and you couldn't find any sign of Benjamin clandestine. There is nothing to tell you that this figure exists. But you know he exists. He is hidden like a pair of low-cut socks in reasonable shoes. You will search for further signs of him. But now it's time to go. Goodbye, Northwest Footwear Database. You'll be back soon enough.